This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Portland doesn't have too many living legends, but Darcel is definitely one of them. Four nights a week, glitter, rhinestones, and sequins transform 89-year-old Walter Cole into Darcel, Portland's iconic drag performer and the Guinness Book of World Records holder for oldest drag queen. Now, 51 years after Cole first started performing drag, the Oregonian recently looked at what his life is like today and what keeps him motivated to put on a show. I'm Andrew Thien, and this is Beat Check with The Oregonian. Up next, a conversation with two of my colleagues who got a look inside Walter's elaborate home and documented what happens behind the scenes at one of Darcel's iconic performances. First, photographer Beth Nakamura, who's lived in Portland for nearly 20 years and is familiar with Darcel's place on the city's Mount Rushmore. It's one of those things, it's sort of like a New Yorker who never visits the Statue of Liberty. I have never, much as I've wanted to, gone to see Darcel. So I was really excited when I found out about this uh, Oregon Historical Society exhibit. And I took that as an opportunity. I kind of, you know, we, we were going to meet uh, Walter there. And I sort of thought, I thought of that exhibit, though it's an important thing, I think, in, in Portland that it's happening. I kind of took it as sort of a... Uh, just an entree into meeting Walter and sort of planning something bigger and more interesting and using that as kind of a a peg, you know, what we call a little news peg. Right. It's a perfect news peg. And um, one of the things I love about your work is how excited you get when you get excited about something, especially on Twitter, it it really comes across. (laughs) I do. Um, You know, I'm a little bit of a Don Juan, but when it comes to subjects, but, you know, they're always in my heart. And, you know, who doesn't love Darcel? Yeah. So, uh, you know, you've been in a lot of houses yes, <laughs> in I the have, Portland yeah. area. Um, <laughs> what's Walter's house like? It's uh, it's everything you imagine it to be and more. I, I, I really felt like I was walking through time in a living history museum, only it was all real. And it was like this precious archive of Portland, really. So I started kind of live tweeting a little bit in there. I was like, this is insane and beautiful and I can't believe it exists. And there were things like the rose queen scepter the original one like this like that house is its own i mean really it should be a stop uh on the on the on the road to portland's history tour you know really it's it's that it was that remarkable to me and it's a little it's totally overdone it's kind of like but in a really beautiful way there's like like he hits the perfect note of like sort of campy and also very elegant do you know what I mean? That's yeah. a weird note. That's a hard note to hit, man. But it's <laughs> like Mar- Mar- Mariah Carey note right there, right? <laughs> right. It's uh, the pictures. It seemed like at t- you know, there's a little uh, like Rococo flair to it or something like that, right? <laughs> right. I mean, can you um, describe? I guess like pictures. I mean, pictures of I would imagine people who go back decades, mayors, uh, politicians, or just random yeah, people. Gosh. I mean, what, what jumped out to you? <laughs> 
Well, that that scepter from the throne of the Rose Parade. I mean, you know, like Elliot Smith wrote a song, Rose Parade. Like mm. the Rose Parade is really old Portland. And, uh, you know, we're we're so much of where we are now is new Portland. So I just felt like it was this like collision of old, <laughs> you know, just being in there. It was like, right. I was kind of speechless. Uh, what stood out? It was almost too much, Andrew. Like I, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't really, Yeah. I was just taking it in. It was like a real, it was a, uh, it was a, you know, life's rich pageant laid out before me in every room that was chock full. I couldn't, I was just taking it in. It was hard. Like usually I enter uh, people's homes. I've been in millions of them and they're very vulnerable. And the first thing they say is don't show this. And it's such a mess. And, you know, all the usual things that we all feel. It's it's kind of a vulnerable spot to be in when the newspaper shows up at your door. Um, uh, so I spend a lot of time. I spend a you know, small fraction of time actually, sh you know, making pictures. I spend most of my time kind of building a connection with people and, and establishing what what we need to establish in order to just you know get it done to everyone's satisfaction and fairly and all that so but in this case it was kind of like i could hardly get the words out i was such a treat it really was and walter was such a treat and so open and gracious and you know, everything you, you want walter uh aka darcel to be he she was so one of the things that jumped out to me looking back at your your photos was, um, I guess the the makeup room, the powder room where Walter yeah. becomes Darcel. Right. Um, what was that like? <laughs> it was like you know the club itself. I'd never been to the club, like I said, I've never seen. But my birthday just happened, by the way. So my plan, and I had to delay it because I had to travel for work. But my plan is to have a belated birthday celebration at this club because it's really a nice thing that you know people come and say it's my birthday and you know you get a yeah. minute with Darcel and it's a really kind of cute and kitschy thing and I'm like I'm gonna do that because you know I'm, we're always working so right. it's like I'm working I can't participate that's not my role so anyway I'm looking forward to that um, the club itself was sort of like uh, you know it, it was a weirdly it was differently a walk through time I felt like it was like I was revisiting like the history of you know gay gay bars in the united states in a way you know the basement it was like this subterranean little hole and like it was like a row of you know it was dark and dank and there were dresses everywhere it was it was like exquisite it was like it was like decayed opulence in a way although decay that mm. is overstating it and it's a little i don't i don't mean that as an insult it was just like it was dusty and beautiful and there was dress you know there was stuff everywhere it was colorful uh, there were like maybe half a dozen to a dozen seats because it's not just our cell on this show. It's all these other amazing performers, by the way, right. varying ages and stages. That's something I didn't, I confess, I, I've never been to Darcell's. Um, and uh, okay. Something that I didn't know and watching right. uh, our colleague Brooks' uh, fantastic video. Amazing um, video. You really got a sense of, wow, these are really talented uh, performers. They put on a great show. Yeah. Um, they do. And so, yeah, so it was like dusty and beautiful and it felt like still lives everywhere. Like I just couldn't stop shooting. You, uh, you know, as a photographer, a videographer, you capture moments and scenes and, and share them with us and with, with, yeah. the, with the world. But um, I would imagine that there's some stuff that you keep for yourself or maybe you go back to uh over time i mean is there anything that will be that for you from from your experience with walter 
at his house? Uh, any scenes that that you'll remember? Oh well, I I will relish and remember all of it. Actually, it was um. It wasn't you know, it was it was atypical in every way, and it was special to me because of my own history. Um, it was just a treat. You know, it was one of those times where I, I sort of wish all Portland could experience what I'm experiencing. You know, I, I wish everyone could have a piece of that. I think, you know, there were scenes like with Darcel where I felt like, you know, we, we all of us are like many identities. You know, we're not just one identity. And so the thing is, we just think Darcel, and that's kind of a flat, one-dimensional thing. But in fact, Darcel is many identities. And you know, to be able to kind of, to try to capture some of that, to, to be able to see that someone in, with some dimension, you know, the goal is always to try to share that so people get it. Yeah, well, it's super interesting. Um, thank you for sharing those photos. It's a real privilege, let me tell you. I mean, I, I feel lucky every time, you know, and especially in situations like that, like I still pinch myself all these years in because I can't believe I get to do this, you know, just to see this. Brooke Herbert, a video producer at The Oregonian, spent time with Walter Cole at his home and at his famous club. Before we hear from Brooke, here's an excerpt from her video. Either you went to college or you got married, and I got married. There was nothing about marriage that I didn't like. It was the fact that I was gay and I had to tell them because I was lying to them and myself. It was a hard time. I bought a tavern in Old Town and we started the shows to entertain our guests. I'd been in local theater all through my marriage so it was logical that I'd be on stage, but we had nothing. It started with nothing. We didn't go out of the club with drag on. Who knew what could happen to you out there? Gay bashings and people weren't aware of the culture, certainly not ready to see a man in a dress. They probably would throw me out, the, out, of, the, out of the store if I went in and said, okay, I want to try that dress on. So I taught myself how to sew on a sewing machine, and off I went. Now a conversation with Brooke about creating the video and getting to know Walter Cole. When you pull up to his home, it, it just looks like this beautiful, you know, it's, it's a big house, you know, in the Northeast. It's like, you know, it looks just very quaint and, like, lovely from the outside, a big wraparound porch, and then... Classic just, bungalow. Uh, yeah, like a very big bungalow. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and then you walk in the front door, and you just have to, like, stop. I just, like, stopped in my tracks. I was like, where am I? This, I mean, it looks like a museum. It's... It, there's a huge organ when you walk in and um, with like music sheets, you know, sitting there and just full of pictures and this staircase full of photos and, um, you know, photos of both uh, Darcel and also um, Walter's partner of over 50 years, Roxy, like Roxy and Darcel together, both as their characters and also just as themselves so there's and then there's tons of pictures of Walter's family you know his he has children and grandchildren um and then 
the room that kind of Beth chose for the portrait, which I also ended up choosing for the interview, Mm -hmm. is just kind of this very epically decorated living room. Or there were these old drapes that he said were very, very old. And then there's this wallpaper and um, some of, you know, his awards sitting around. Like the, you know, Darcel's the oldest living and working drag queen in the United States are actually in the world. It's a Guinness yeah, World I think Record. It's in the world. Yeah, it's, it's the it's, world it's, actually. It's, um, so, um, push, pushing ninety. Yeah, pushing ninety, and um, yeah. So it was just a very like epic, beautiful space. He let us go down in the basement and kind of see where uh, he doesn't he doesn't go down there too much anymore because he has a little bit of trouble getting around being like 89 years old um but the basement is just full of costumes and sequins and glitter and like spools of thread and um the sewing machine where he sits he would sit down there and just sew and bead every single one of these dresses one of the things that i loved about the video uh, which is fantastic and we'll link uh, to the show page on online is is just Walter seems like someone who has given a lot of thought to his story and its place mm-hmm. in um, in America, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. what was what was it like to to discuss, you know, his uh, his life as this, you know, both Walter Cole and mm-hmm. then also Darcel, like a, and how those identities uh, merge. I mean, what what was that conversation like? Yeah, I I think that was the thing that was most surprising for me because I kind of like anytime I'm making something on someone who has already been in the spotlight so much, I'm kind of like, okay, this person has been interviewed a lot. This person has already had films made about them, had their picture taken so many times. Like, what do I want out of this from my point of view? And like, what can I do that's maybe like a little di- I mean it's too it's hard to do something completely original but like a little like, fresh yeah a little bit fresh and a little bit like of the moment so like where is Walter right now so maybe Walter was interviewed 10 years ago but now it's 10 years later but anyway I I think like the interview is pretty surprising to me in how thoughtful and also kind of emotional it was um again because you see Darcel as this fun, exuberant, over-the-top character, and people go to Darcel's to have fun, but Walter is an 89-year-old man who's lived this incredibly full life that has been, you know, by his account, like, wonderful, and he loves his life, but also hard, because he was married. He got married when he was, like, 20 years old, Um, He wasn't, he was from a, you know, family where he said his dad worked for a dollar an hour um, in the sawmills. From Linton, Linton, you know, Northwest. uh, Mm -hmm. He's a born and raised Portland, like has lived here his entire life, never wants to live anywhere else. And, you know, he got married when he was 20 and had kids and uh, bought a house and worked at Fred Meyer for 10 or 15 years and just lived, you know, this very, I guess, conventional life and and when he tells the story of how he had to come out to his family come out as gay to his family that was it was just a really powerful moment because I think he's now had so many years to reflect on that but still when he talks about it he's like that was a really hard time um because he actually it's so sweet because when he talks about his wife they're actually still married 
but they never got officially divorced because he has such a good relationship with them. And apparently, I mean, they still have a great relationship. That's fantastic. Um, she's she's still alive, obviously. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, and his and he has two kids, and then he has I'm not sure how many grandkids. I can't remember, but um, yeah. So he just told kind of the tale of of how he had to come out to his family because he 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 said he was lying to himself. He was lying to them, and so his story is in many ways, I think especially at that time. I mean, it was like the 1960s, I guess, when he had to come out and in Portland, and it wasn't the kind of Portland it is today, you know. It was really hard for him. And um, and so telling that story and then kind of telling, he, he told me, which this isn't in the video just because I, I couldn't squeeze it in, but he also told, you know, a lot of stories about how many friends he lost in the 80s, um, during the AIDS crisis and his viewpoints on, you know, how the government wasn't <laughs> uh, assisting in, like, uh, you know, they viewed kind of it as a the, as a gay they, man's yeah. uh, issue, and it wasn't right. of broader import. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's exactly what he said. He said, you know, we it was viewed as just a, a gay, a quote unquote, gay disease, and and so there wasn't much done for it. And he, you know, was emotional during during that, and then. He also discussed how, so after he, uh, you know, left his wife and, and came out, he met his partner, Roxy Newhart, who mm-hmm. just passed away two years ago. Um, it's actually almost the two-year anniversary of when he passed away. And uh, and Walter and him were partners for over 50, almost 50 years, I guess. And so he told me that, that story, too, um, that Roxy actually, you know, passed away in the car on their way to work one night. Yeah, that that was uh, really difficult to hear. Um, I mean, because yeah. they were not only, um, as he said, uh, you know, partners and mm-hmm. lovers and uh, lifelong yeah. companions, that they also worked together mm-hmm. um, and to, to go outside. And mm. that would just, that, that, that was a, a gut punch. He went to work that night. So they were getting ready and they got in the car and the car was in the driveway and Walter came out and that's how he found Roxy. And, and then, you know, they went through all the procedures that you have to go through, you know, but then Walter like went to work that night. And I just thought that, you know, he was like, I didn't, that's where my the family is. That's where my friends are. I mean, his family, literally his son works there at the club. He's a bartender. Family biz. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then everyone who works for him has worked for him for many years. There's not like much turnover at the club. Like these people are his family. And so he's like, I went to work because that's where I wanted to be. And so that was really, that was a really emotional story, but it was also very sweet because I think that's part of the story of a person who's almost 90 is you're going to be losing people. You know, you're going to have lost a lot of people and um and then to lose your partner who was like you said not just your not just his partner but his working companion, his, you know, everything in his life. That was part of the reason that I wanted to ride with Walter and like kind of the night that I f- I followed Walter to the club as he got ready and transformed into Darcel. I wanted to kind of like have this moment where he walked out of the house and went and got in the car in the driveway and drove to work. Yeah, you read my mind. I wanted to ask, um, what was that like when you first went to the club? So what was the first time you went to the club um, 
that drive with with Walter? That was really interesting because, like you said, I'm new to new-ish to Portland, so I've never been to Darcells, um, and. I think that kind of was good because I had no clue what I was walking into. I mean, I have seen photos, obviously, tons of photos and videos. You know, I told him to do everything like he normally does, and I just rode along. You know, he parks his car at the same spot, and he walking down the sidewalk just, you know, the half block from the car to the club, he... We, he chatted with like five different people who are like people who live in the neighborhood, you know, who mm-hmm. there's like an apartment building, I think, above Darcell's. And he would stop and chat, chat with people. And and then um, he, he, he gets there really early. He got there that day at like three for a meeting. And yeah, so walking in with Walser just like into the dark club, you know, all the lights are off. No one's there. It's, sun sunny outside um that was my first time in the club so i just kind of wanted to see like the whole transformation i guess uh, he and and uh everyone who works at the club are are performers mm-hmm. you know um mm-hmm. and you know like any performer you probably have to get psyched up for <laughs> for the gig um mm-hmm. what, and you got to watch that process and mm-hmm. talk to them about, about that H- how does walter get psyched up to become darcel so walter the whole time until i saw him kind of start transforming to and putting on makeup and and getting ready was so like even kill and very calm and um just sweet and kind of snarky sometimes Mm -hmm. like kind of funny sometimes like if I said certain things you know I would get you know (laughs) I would get some Walter attitude in like the sweetest way possible um but then they were I mean, it's it's their job and it's Walter's entire life and profession. So there's this very like it's very professional and it's very like matter of fact, you know, I the they get ready kind of in the basement underneath our cells in this dressing room. Um, They all have their spot at the dressing room and they bring down like a, a run of show while everyone's getting ready and they kind of arrived at various times like Walter was there first started getting ready and then slowly some of the other um some of the other men who um are the other performers in the show showed up and started getting ready and it was really cool to watch that transformation um but you know they were just I mean, it was a very casual atmosphere, joking around with each other, but also very professional. Like, you know, someone was running late and, and you know, Walter's like, hey, you know, where's so-and-so? They're not here yet. Uh, we need to make sure they get here on time. You know, it's a very professional atmosphere. I mean, they yeah. have a business to run. They do two shows every night, I think six, five or six nights a week. And so, yeah, it was very professional, but then it was just like, I think it was awesome that I did that last because I had kind of over just the little bit of, you know, a couple days I had spent with Walter, gotten to know him and then to see the transformation and, and the makeup drawer, which is just, I mean, this stuff, it just, it's had so much use and so much love. (laughs) Like even the makeup, I mean, it's just, you know, um, it's not like uh, walking into JCPenney's or <laughs> anything like <laughs> no. that. No, it's this very, like, it. I mean, it feels in many ways, even to me who had not been there before, it, can, it feels homey. Like, it feels like, you know, this is where Walter spends so much time um, for, for the past 52 years, which is just 
astonishing to me every night to come do this and and then there's you know rows of wigs and rows of um, dresses just rows of dresses and and now Walter needs like a little bit of help like um, getting into the clothes and then um, and then you just kind of see suddenly oh this is Darcel and it's like it's still Walter but it's but it's Darcel and mm-hmm. and sudden and the way that he transforms into that person that character is just amazing i mean he said he was in like community theater throughout his entire marriage he loves theater he loves performing and he told me he doesn't think of these as dresses he thinks of them as costumes um they're costumes to him because he's performing and what was the what was the performance like (laughs) oh the performance was amazing um i was like blown away uh just at kind of the production value with so little it's not like a it's not like fancy high-end production value but it's just that the performers are very talented and just the clothes and you know it has just the right amount of like over the top but also like some cool subtle stuff but then and the sets but then there will be this this set which is like whoa that looks so insane it's like the back would open up and there's like steps in this giant martini glass you know it's the show is very impressive and so much fun and like just watching darcel up there was like (laughs) i can't believe you're still doing this at um 89 years old and then to also see the like other you know younger performers who this is their job now and they're you know up there killing it (laughs) and the crowd is huge i mean they sell out all the time yeah like the crowd is so huge and i kind of thought that the crowd was going to just be like (laughs) i thought it was gonna be a lot of bachelorettes to be honest that's that's the uh, stereotype right the stereotype yeah yeah, is that it's all you know oh it's bachelorette parties who come to you know and there was that which is so much fun it's a great idea for a bachelorette party i guess but um but also there are so many like you can tell like like families like like husband wife with that's all one like husband wife with their kid and like uh you know families of all sorts you know um just all kinds of people were there it wasn't that was surprising to me you know I I think there were also like tourists there and um it's a landmark it's a landmark so yeah it wasn't it, it was a great crowd and the crowd is extremely supportive and totally gets what they're doing and it was just a lot of positive very positive energy um very open and very diverse and i think something that portland has needed and like continues to need and i think that's why it's lasted for 52 years what do you think uh keeps walter going i i think it's just like a love for doing this work it was really interesting because Walter told me that he still gets nervous right before he goes on stage right before Darcel starts performing there are nerves like and that was so surprising to me because I was like oh you've been doing this for like 52 years this place is like your home you probably just walk out on stage and feel so confident and Walter was like no I that's why I still do this because it's still exciting every single night he was like but every single night the crowd is different so um, as a performer, you have to like respond to your crowd and hope that it's a good crowd and hope that like they like what you're doing and hope that all the performers are you know performing their best. So 
I think that's what it is. I think that it's always new and it's always like, I think that it's fun. <laughs> and I think that um, Walser knows what an important place this is for Portland and for Portland history. If you haven't been, Darcel kind of stands and like greets everyone who comes in. And they are so excited. <laughs> I mean, like people of all ages and like, they're just like incredibly excited and they come in and they like hug Darcel and um, they all take a picture together. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it must feel really good to like go to work every night and have people come in and just like their eyes light up and they like get really excited and they like people come in and like scream like, ah, it's Darcel, you know, cause they, I don't think they expect to walk in and be like greeted by Darcel basically. So, um, yeah, it felt very much like you were watching like living history or like a living legend, which is very cool. Well, thank you for sharing his story uh, and Darcel's story. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> it was great. The Oregon Historical Society has an exhibit honoring Darcel's more than five decades of fashion running until December 8th. You can subscribe to Beat Check anywhere you get your podcasts to hear the latest episodes. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and review to help us spread the word. Until next time.